I mean, if you can get over uh, yourself, you know, or like, <laughs> honestly, have that's a little fun most with people it. having trouble, like just like putting themselves out there and getting embarrassed, which I know that's a real thing. I'm not discounting. That's not easy to do. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Meredith. Meredith, thank you so much for being on the show today. Michelle, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So give us a 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you love to do. Uh, So my name is Meredith Callagher. I am a small business owner and a wife and mother of three teenagers, which is, I feel like I deserve a medal for every day. (laughs) (laughs) We we just cold stop right there. You totally deserve a medal for that. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. I mean, they're darling and then they're little beastie animals like in the same day or same hour sometimes, but they're so cute. I have a 17 year old boy and a 15 and 13 year old daughters. And we live in Miami, Florida, uh, which uh, we've been here for 10 years. We moved for um, looking back in my old age of 47. I realized I have uh, been up for doing things kind of on a whim. Um, My husband's from Memphis, Tennessee, and my parents are from Texas. We actually moved when I was 14 to Mississippi, which is how I ended up meeting my husband. But um, anyway, so we're like Texan and Southern and my husband's company got bought and um, he was, it was either California or Florida. And um, he had gone to college in California, felt a little more comfortable just because of that. And, but I was like, well, which job's better? And he said, Miami. So I said, let's go. And it was, Miami is very different than Texas and the South. Um, (laughs) And and he had a non-compete agreement. So we couldn't tell anybody or come visit. I had just been here for my bachelorette party. That was it. And like we stayed at a holiday inn on South beach and, um, yeah, so I had a lot. I had no idea how international Miami is, which has been so cool for my kids and how, um, yeah, and how tropical, like it's actually a different climate than the rest of Florida. We're in the South, we're in a tropical climate. So it's literally summer 100% of the time. So, anyway, <laughs> and it's gorgeous. I love and it's it. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's me. Uh, and about my business, sorry, yeah, I, no. I told you before, we're having a beautiful day here. So I'm kind of, that's why I'm going on about Miami, but, um, yeah, I, uh, everybody's going to want to move to Miami now <laughs> guys. It's awesome. Especially January. We could, you and I, well, no, I love Canada in the winter, but it's a great place for th- weather wise for three months, January to March. And then it gets kind of hot and humid and buggy, but, um, um, I own a, um, marketing company. I, uh, it Meredith Callagher LLC. And I primarily provide Facebook and Instagram strategy and management for small business owners. And, and, uh, yep, that's what I do. And we, we, I also, I love Kajabi and realized that a lot, several, how about half my clients are online course creators and 
Kajabi um, and they also use Kajabi or some of them do. And so I started also offering that service to um, if somebody needed to build a website or a, or a lead page. And, and then, um, then I also love to write. And so I realized some people needed that. So I offer copywriting services sometimes too, <laughs> but uh, I have ADHD. <laughs> so <laughs> it works for me to be able to do a few different things sometimes, but honestly, I, um, I love helping people build their ad strategy and implement it. So nice. I personally am a huge fan of ADD and everything that goes with it. Uh, especially when you have a couple of like 180 degree interests in life. To me, it yeah. just creates a fascinating lifestyle, but we can talk about that another day. Let's yeah. dive into the Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. So let's just start on a real shallow level. Like what is the difference between Facebook, Instagram? What is Instagram and the difference between LinkedIn? <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, so Facebook and Instagram, first, you know, they're owned by the same company, which is now called Meta. And um, really for the ads purposes, the differences are not that important and they're kind of changing, you know, now Instagram was a photo sharing app and now uh, the CEO came out and said, maybe it's content videos and copy, but, but for ads purposes, they're actually run through the same tool and it's called Facebook business manager. Um, and it, well, yeah, business manager, you have to set up a business manager account, which will lead you to an ads manager account. And within Facebook business manager and ads manager, you bring in um, fa your Facebook page um, and your Instagram account. And so what's cool is we run a campaign. Um, typically, we'll suggest you just uh, select all placements. That's an option. And it will run in Facebook, um, Facebook stories, Facebook messenger, Facebook marketplace. Um, there's some like there's some games people play on Facebook that it'll show up in. And then on as well as Instagram, Instagram feed, Instagram stories, Instagram explore. And yeah, and, let, and unless you've created an ad that's specific maybe for stories or now you can even run an ad in reels. It's best, you know, we just usually put them in both. And then the logarithm, the smart computer, you know, a lot of times I have business owners, we really want to, we think we know better. So we just know it's going to do well, like on Facebook or something, but I'm like, why don't we just let the computer see? And what they do is they start running the campaign and then whatever's working, then they just feed it to that platform. Um, but sometimes it's smart to just run like an Instagram story ad. And then LinkedIn, the different you LinkedIn is um, a um, business to business, um, usually a business to business platform. So, um, I mean, the first thing is if you are selling to business owners, it, that, you know, LinkedIn could be a smart place to be. What's very cool about LinkedIn, um, is the targeting capabilities because we all put so much information into LinkedIn, like what our job title is, where we've worked before, you know, what, um, and so, all kinds of things, right? Like what college we went to. Uh, and so the targeting capabilities are pretty amazing. They're amazing on Facebook too. That's what makes it awesome. But the thing is you pay for that on LinkedIn. So the, like um, a rule of thumb is, um, I mean, this is a real, people with, this isn't hold true all the time, but a good rule of thumb is if your offer is less than $5,000, which all of my clients are, yeah, then, um, LinkedIn might be too expensive, the ads. And that actually comes from LinkedIn. Like that, that's what they, um, if when you read through their like 
ads how to, but, but if you do have like, um, you know, a service that you're going to offer for $5,000, what LinkedIn suggests is, um, run ads to free value, just like we do on, we do this on Facebook, but you run ads to, and they, they actually create the funnel. So what's cool about LinkedIn. And if you guys, you know, you'll hear marketing people talk about, you need a funnel, a sales funnel. And, and to do that with it, you need, um, this software like Kajabi, I just mentioned, or, or lead pages or um, click funnels, but LinkedIn, they provide the funnel for you, which is pretty cool. So that's an, that's one little cost. You don't have to pay, but, um, they suggest free ad to their uh, landing page. They provide with a freebie and then book a call. And then on the call, you're going to try to sell people that $5,000 or more service. And it, it works for businesses. So did that answer your question about the Yeah, absolutely. And, cool. and I think because LinkedIn is business to business, most people have higher end offers for B2B than they do to B2C. So it, it just kind of makes sense and it works out in the end. Um, going back to Instagram, you mentioned stories, reels, and explore. What mm-hmm. are those? So the, so um, stories are the, they last 24 hours. They are, have you been, have you um, checked out Instagram? You've seen it. Um, I see them only because they show up on my Facebook. <laughs> okay. Stories. Yeah. So those are, so they are, so what's nice about stories as a, I love Instagram. <laughs> I love organic with the, just using Instagram. And um, I, I did that for a little while, help people with their organic Instagram, but um, they can be not as polished. Um, they, what um, authenticity works really well in stories, which as um, when you're creating content for your business, I mean, if you can get over uh, yourself, <laughs> you know, or like, <laughs> honestly, that's what most people it. having trouble, like just like putting themselves out there and getting embarrassed, which I know that's a real thing. I'm not discounting. That's not easy to do, honestly. But um, if you can, then creating content for stories is super easy. I mean, because you just have to, you can turn the camera on yourself and just talk to the phone and put it up there and it works because you are, that is, um, stories are a great tool for building engagement and because you can talk to people, you know, they, they DM me, DM you. And, and so we, we, um, yeah, we might make an ad that goes better in stories and, um, because it's really conversational, you know, we try to make it feel less like an ad. Um, and then reels are the fun videos that, um, you know, that look like TikTok videos. Um, the fact that we can advertise in them is very new. Um, it's, I've just had a few people, I'm in, um, I'm a group of ads managers, about 300 of us. We share ideas and talk to each other and, um, the reels, uh, we think that they're great for awareness, but if you want someone to like leave Instagram and go get a freebie or even go sign up for a class, there we haven't seen good luck for that yet. Maybe we haven't figured out the best way to use reels for that because people, they just flash by you, you know, and mm-hmm. you get information and they move really fast. Um, and yeah, and then Explorer is strange that you can make ads to it, but they, it's a combination of all of it. It's um, a page where um, Instagram recommends things for you. So you might see really popular posts from people. You might see some people on your feed there um, and you can pay to have an ad show up there. The thing I guess is not everybody looks at Explorer all the time, but um 
but that's the reason you want to have it your ad everywhere because you don't know where your audience is going to click exactly yeah put it in front of them and then they go and click it exactly yeah Mm -hmm. nice Mm -hmm. that's awesome okay and um well yeah one of the questions i was going to ask is clearly there um metas or facebook's um algorithms have changed because once upon a time it used to be very centric very targeted you knew if it was on the wall it was going to get this kind of a response and if it was on the news feed it was going to get that kind of a response and it doesn't seem to be like that anymore they seem to be kind of put it everywhere and we'll see how it responds and then we'll go from there does that mean that longer ads are working better than say a three-day ad or something concise where you're going, hey it just happens now Yes. Yes. It's a short answer. (laughs) And, uh, and they're even, uh, for that reason that you just described and because, um, Facebook, Apple through Facebook, a whammy this year, they, um, which they updated their privacy, um, rules, I guess is the right word. Privacy rules. Uh, yeah. For the, for its users. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we users of Apple products can opt out of being tracked from any app that we download from on the app, app store for Apple's app store. And um, that happened in April, but that is really one of the, the magic of Facebook and Instagram ads, not just Facebook, but Pinterest, LinkedIn is you've, um, when you create an ad account on these mm-hmm. social networks, you um, get a free pixel that is, you know, tied to your ad account and you put it, place it. And Facebook has made it easy where you really don't from a lot of the um, website platforms, uh, Squarespace, even WordPress, which is complicated to set up a website on, in my opinion, but Facebook's made it easy where you can put this pixel right on your WordPress website, Squarespace website, and then track people that visit your um, website. And then, then they use that. You can retarget them with an ad. You Facebook would does this really cool thing where they will create a lookalike audience of 2 million people that are very similar to the people that went and visited your website. And, you know, um, e-commerce businesses, huge businesses really rely on this tracking and Apple cut it away. And like Facebook spent a billion dollars on fighting Apple on it and they lost. And it sort of felt like as an ads manager that, I mean, which is surprising, but it really felt like they weren't prepared. <laughs> and so, because um, Facebook business manager and ads manager are super impressive, cool tool, but they would, um, I don't the the best practices that happened in April, they keep changing them. And so for that reason, um, because it's taking them a little while longer to figure out how the logarithms, uh, sorry, I don't know if the logarithm is the right word, but how the ad's working for you. Like you mm-hmm. pay them, you say, this is who I want to, these are the kind of people I want. Like, like try all the platforms. It takes them longer than it did la- even last year mm-hmm. to sort that out. So just like what you said. So for that reason, and it, it's a mistake business owners make, you just need to decide to commit. I mean, I think a minimum of two weeks before you decide something's not working. And I mean, we might tweak something after five days, but 
Uh, not three days. And, and Wait, that's which, hard for those of us who did it, paid for advertising in the 90s, it was like, okay, and it's going to take about 18 months to figure this out. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, two weeks, I think you should be able to handle it, peeps. <laughs> this week, I see, I'm working with this awesome nutrition coach, and I see that about her. Like, she, um, January is a big month for ads. I've been working with her about three months, and she just, her knee jerk reaction is, you know, if it's. <laughs> after 24 hours and I had to, wow. and I get it. It's hard. I like, I think that's why if, if that's you, if you're just starting out, you know, I, well, this is what I would do. I would just say, don't tell yourself the daily rate, say, um, I'm going to invest, you know, a hundred dollars a day. That's a nice investment. But, um, that's a nice for investment. a week. Yeah. So, so, Especially but just, for if you're trying something else. Be, yeah. Whatever it's going to be, commit to the whole time and then say, mm -hmm. and tell yourself, you know, you're going to learn from the experience. And, and a lot of times the ads work fabulous, but sometimes we have to tweak things and, you know, but to get, get you that much closer. So, right. And I don't think people realize that, that the, the style of your font makes a difference. The color of your font can make a difference. The picture makes a difference. The color of the clothes that they're wearing makes a difference. Like you don't know until you try it and it takes a little bit of time to do that. So yeah, if you're yeah. working with somebody like Meredith, you know, you want to have a little bit of a budget that you go, okay, this is X amount of dollars that's going towards it. And, and then you know what your long game plan is. That is yeah. awesome. So who would you say is your ideal client? Who do you love to serve and support? Um, well, oh, here's my ADD part again, but I love, um, <laughs> I, I, why well, I've really enjoyed working with, um, small business owners. I had a, and, um, we talked about talking about my pivot and I didn't, I didn't answer your question, but I, I, um, right before I opened this marketing agency, I owned a magazine mm -hmm. that is a franchise. Um, and if for your listeners in the United States, you might've seen it, it's in 60 cities. It's called the scout guide and it, um, they, uh, their motto is like, everyone should be able to use, live a well curated life wherever they are. And they live, love local was it hashtag. So we franchise owners would, um, buy, I opened the Miami franchise and it was this beautiful coffee table book. That's about eight and a half by 11. Your readers can't see. I just have one sitting mm -hmm. here. Um, nice. and it, it was, it's, it's like, um, thick paper and, um, it was an expensive advertising <laughs> Piece, but I learned a lot. Like, so we would, I would solicit, I had about 40 local clients and we would take their photo and tell the story of their business with a photo and then print the book and then do social media for a year, like influencer type marketing for a year. Nice. Um, so that to answer your question. So I, I started with, when I decided to let move on from the franchise, mm -hmm. I had a bunch of local, I feel like I knew every Miami business owner, local business owner, because it's an expensive piece of advertising. So I talked to a lot of people before I found the ones that that was a good fit for. But um, yeah, so I had, I went back, it was really fun when I started the ads because I was able to go back and say, listen, they would be great for you, you, you. So I helped, um, I had fun with like a meal um, chef that does a meal delivery service where you can pick what she offers a menu of about 15 different things once a week. And so people would go on and um, order what they wanted and she'd deliver and just different local. Um, and the ads were really helpful for her because we could grow her mm -hmm. audience. And so I guess I love people that sell something online. It's a little bit easier than because they could buy online, then 
it, well, easier and because it's measurable after coming off that brand building magazine, brand awareness building magazine. I love the fact that I can show people numbers. So mm-hmm. ads do work well. If you have a brick and mortar, it's just kind of a different thing when we can track it. And then I also work with online coaches and course creators that have a bigger reach. And um, yeah, that's been really fun. So ideally, um, because that's not as painful, I used to say that I realized that um, somebody that has a proven offer that's already sold that coaching package 10 or 15 times organically, or they've created a course and they have um, run somebody, people through it before. Um, I used to say that was a requirement for ads. I do prefer working with people like that because I realize though, that if you are a course creator and you're going out for a launch for the first time, I mean, they've worked so hard on this course and then, um, and then they want to get eyeballs on it, a bunch of eyeballs. And it is a good way to test your course offer quickly, because if we're going to spend $2,000 on ads, which getting people to say, um, I'm, I created an online course. So I actually, and I've lived through this. So I, um, can relate to course creators, but I made this beautiful course. It was called Instagram strategy for busy doctors. And it was for medical practices to run their own Instagram. And I mean, I, every video was perfect. Every, you know, PDF was wonderful. And I hired an ads manager and said, I'd like to have 500 people at these webinars where I'm going to tell the doctors or their office managers about my great course. And she got 500 people there. It cost at the time, I don't know, like maybe $3,000. Because um, again, getting people to sit and commit to a class is not the cheapest thing to do. But anyway, and nobody bought, I mean, maybe two people bought. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that doesn't mean the course is bad. I mean, and then, no, and then no, the no. pandemic hit and I like got, it was, I kind of took this topsy turn where, because I'd been advertising myself as um, marketing help for doctors, I got to do some kind of cool things like, help this guy sell, um, sell his antibody tests. He, he is making them here in Miami. And then um, I helped another company get their COVID clinic up and running. But anyway, so I didn't go back. Like, and, and that's what I tell these course creators. I mean, I, you've got to uh, run it a couple of times to get the bugs out. I didn't have my offer figured out. Like, I mean, I think doctors could run their Instagram, but something was happening either they don't want to, or I wasn't selling it correctly, but that's a lot of money to spend to figure that out. You know, but, but the thing is, it's like, if I had gone door to door and tried to sell it to 500 doctors, it would have taken me six months, you know, but that Mm -hmm. this way I found it out super fast which so I mean and that's appealing to some people you know especially oh, absolutely it's you know? time or money and one yeah. or the other <laughs> the thing is that I it's hard I don't I don't know if I have the stomach for it like that's the thing I have <laughs> got to work with like four newbie course creators this um, fall and then I also worked with two seasoned course creators and it was just really hard to watch um <laughs> the new ones sometimes uh one of them had luck and uh but it was yeah so that's right. I, 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 I personally am a huge fan of use your internal, <laughs> your internal audience first to try things out on, because if people are already following you and liking you, then they're more apt to that's your warm market, unless you're doing a huge pivot and you're changing your market anyway. So if up yeah. until now you've been offering a $200 course, and then all of a sudden you want to offer a $4,000 course, 
it could potentially be a di completely different audience. So you're starting from scratch and then it comes back down to time or money. <laughs> do you want to spend the time garnering that audience and figuring out how to do that and get some people through? Or do you just want to put it up on Facebook and see how it responds and that'll just cost you money. That's all. Exactly. And the one other thing to note about um, if you have run the offer to your organic audience and you see who's responding, I mean, what it is, it makes the sales um, arc and it makes it a little easier because they do know you. So you don't have to get past that. But also um, you'll see who bought it because, you know, maybe not everybody in your audience will buy. And then we can take even that the profile of person. So I'll, I'll, I would send as a ads manager, even if you're doing it yourself. Okay. So I noticed that this is mainly women and they are between 40 and 50, which is interesting. Cause like, I thought my 30 to 40, you know, stuff like that, like you notice what their characteristics are. They, mm -hmm. um, they are, they all work in corporations because that, that identifying your, you know, your buyer can help us with copy for the ads can help us with the targeting, which is what's really cool about, but we can go find people similar to the people that your course served, like who, who found value from it and just explode, then we can really explode your reach, you know, and it's not as much testing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. That was mm -hmm. awesome. So what are some of the, or actually give us an example of a Cinderella story of somebody that you've worked with. Um, so, well, a Cinderella story, um, I wasn't part of this whole story, but meaning I came in her mid her mid launch. But there is um, a lady in Idaho in a small town, uh, Christina Tavalin, and she not that small of a town, but um, she uh, is a math teacher, and she uh, she calls herself the recovering traditionalist because just I do, do we didn't talk about do you have have you had kids in school in the last fifteen years. No. <laughs> okay, so uh, there's just the common core. Have you heard people yep. might complain yeah. about this? Thing? Okay. Well, it was just a different way to learn um, math, math and yep. yeah. Yep. And, um, and, and that's my backside that when I didn't get to tell my pivot, that's what my number, that's what at my background when I was a CPA and I love numbers. So that's what, but I realized Facebook ads was perfect for me when I saw it was a combination of really reading numbers and, and forecasting and then the social media side. So that's how I, so when, I just, when I, when I hired that ads manager and I saw what she was doing, yep. I was like, that is what I would be, would enjoy. And I think I'd be good at it. And it's proving, I mean, so far it's proving to be true because nice. so that's how I got here. So it was fun when Christina came to me um, and maybe it's a little part of my Cinderella story. Like she found me in this group of course creators that I'm a part of. I had been helping answering questions about Facebook ads. And, and she said, I saw you recommended uh, let's have a meeting. And I, um, she could have been a new course creator, but she came on and um, she's very, <laughs> very seasoned six six years going that's in the digital marketing that's pretty long so she's had her she teaches other math teachers how to math and what her she the recovering traditionalist was you know like she's a little younger than me just a little bit but she, you know she wasn't so sure about this common core stuff and kind of opened her eyes 
that it does, it, there's some benefits to it. And she understands. So, but she never uses the word common core. I, when I was listening to her, I had to say, oh, you're like common core. But um, so she helps teach other math teachers how to implement math, um, teach math to their kids. And um, she has come up with a, she has a, um, couple of things. She has a virtual summit where she brings in math teachers from all over the country and uh, all in Canada too. And she'll run um, for free 20,000 teachers through it. We run ads to that. And then she sells them a membership after at the end of that. And so um, if they join and it's like, she, I mean, she, she doesn't mind sharing numbers. She's an entrepreneur, but the last one, you know, she sells the membership for maybe $45 a month. And, and, the last virtual summit, she made $67,000 or something, which is $45 a pop, you know, is great. Right. And she, does, she has a course mm-hmm. that she launches twice a year. And that's where I came in, um, in the spring. And, um, I didn't realize that's sort of my Cinderella story. I didn't understand how big the ad spin was, but we spent $25,000 of ads and look, and, um, it was, uh, she made a lot of money. She sold, she enrolled for 4,500 people in the course and uh, she just started. I mean, her story is just really, she really believed in this math concept and she wanted to help other teachers um, uh, learn to teach it too, because she thinks it's great for the students. And so she just, you know, followed her passion of sharing this value and, um, and just watch her business grow. And she's smart. She watched what worked. Um, I, I uh, have worked with a couple other teachers. And I, I noticed Christina does a couple of things different. Like a lot of course, people that make courses, they'll launch their course over a 10-day window, let's say. It's kind of a standard practice because they want to create scarcity. And they um, there's just a model. Amy Porterfield teaches that. 10 days, mm-hmm. but Christina's is open for a month because she knows that a lot of these teachers go to the school and get them to pay for the course. And so she's just made it, um, as she's built her business, she's watched what the, her, her clients need and she's adapted, you know, so they, um, they get, a they get a personal, uh, it's not, I need a, a PD hour, something development hour. development hour. Yeah. professional development development. (laughs) yeah they get that just for coming to her master class where she teaches them something but that gets them there and then at the end she sells like genius that she took the time to make sure that was professional development you know so um it's cool and yeah and then a smaller story is the chef in miami um as far as cinderella like she is um, I met her at the gym, actually. She was not in my magazine and she's this phenomenal athlete. Um, that's, I would watch her run really fast and just was in awe. Um, and then she trained at, um, a real fancy culinary school, very good chef, but just super creative and not like, and doesn't want to do the, I mean, I think she might have ADHD, like doesn't care about the business stuff and that's annoying. And it's too, uh, that's not something she has interest in. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you have ADHD, that's hard because, you know, we like hyper-focusing on things. And so like she never stopped to, she, but even with that, she'd create us this really cool business where she would go tell people you could order meals from me 
and she had a website for it and then she fulfilled the mails and, but adding the ad piece to that, um, we were, uh, we figured I got in her website and I could figure out that her average customer, um, lifetime value was about $560 and the um, people stayed with her about seven weeks on average. So the first order was 80, they'd order about $80 worth of meals for mm-hmm. seven weeks. And, um, we, we got in a rhythm where she was getting an eight to one return, not actually on that, that life that you, you figure out your average customer value. So mm-hmm. you kind of can understand how much you're willing to spend to acquire a customer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe you're willing to spend $200 to make, to get a customer. Cause you know, they're going to, um, spend five, seven, five sixty with you. But, um, and then she had great customer service. So once she got someone in, it helped her referral business. Right. Mm-hmm. But we were able to figure out, um, she was getting an eight to one return on her Facebook ad. So for every dollar we put in, she got eight back just on that initial order of 80 bucks. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's awesome. So yeah. what might somebody be struggling with at home when they're thinking, oh my God, Meredith, I need you so badly. Yeah. Well, if the, honestly, um, Facebook ads, business manager and ad manager is a beast. And it, that's like when I said, oh, I want to learn how to, I want to do what she's doing. Um, I went and got certified by um, digital marketer. And then I took another class. I, I learned, did that all of that. And I thought, I just think I need to know some more. And I, and I'm, and I'm constantly staying up on it. Um, and it's a lot to take on as a business owner to learn all that different than, you know, organic social media, running your own Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. I don't think it's a bad thing to pay someone to help you do that either, but it's not, um, it's not as complicated or hard to use for those. You just have to commit to consistency and you can really, make something happen for ads. <laughs> I mean, you really can. It's kind of like you could just take a handful of money and just flush it down the toilet quickly if you don't know what you're doing. And, and it's learnable, you guys. I'm not saying you can't. Like there's lots of um, people. I love Rick Mulready. He's got a great podcast. It's te- learnable. But yeah, so if you're ready to, if you've, I mean, ideally, since I love to work with people with a proven offer, if you've sold and you've, um, you know, sold on Instagram, sold to your email list, or, or you just have, um, you're starting to get busy because you're a coach and you have a bunch of clients. Um, uh, then I would love to come help you to make sure that you keep having clients, you know, that sometimes like you get the clients and then you start working with them and then what you got to keep, you got to get some more. So if you, um, are ready to keep maintain the level where you are, or, you know, we can, start bringing in a steady stream of traffic or you have a launch or you know a membership coming up i'd love to to help you Mm -hmm. nice so how would somebody start their journey with you um well i've um on my website uh which is my name meredithcallaher.com i have i'd love the call and it's um a discovery call but i allow 30 minutes 15 to 30 minutes where um i i really try to want to hear all about your business and I could tell you, um, how the ads might help you. And then if you like what I have to say, then we could decide to work together. Nice. Love that. (laughs) Awesome. So 
I have to ask you, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to become an entrepreneur? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I'm crazy enough to where it was never, <laughs> like, never, um, I just, this sounds right. I just followed the fun. Like I followed um, what was fun to serve value to help people. I think what happened was I graduated college um, and with an accounting degree and then got the CPA and I went to work for a big corporation, um, Pricewaterhouse, like one of the, yeah. one of the big six, <laughs> then four now. And, and I had, I, I had, I got, I just put, got myself in crazy situations. The year before the summer before I graduated, I had um, interned with a Senator um, at the time he was the majority whip of the U S Senate uh, Trent Lott, because his, I mean, it, it, what, I mean, I was a good student, but his his nephew was a friend of mine too. So that was helpful to get that, mm -hmm. but it was there. We had to, this was 1995. Oh, I was there the same summer. Monica Lewinsky was yes. And I looked like her. Y'all can't see me, but when, anyway, <laughs> when the scandal came out, anyway, like, it's not like, me. It's not yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, anyway, we we had to. I'm sure she did too. We had to wear suits and pantyhose, pantyhose in the Washington D.C. in the middle of summer, and be there for oh the horror of the masculine dress for eight hours, like from nine to five. And I'm actually a morning person, but just like <laughs> sitting down and doing something that that uh, is boring or feels I don't. I, had, I wasn't a big corporation kind of girl. And then I went and worked for Price Waterhouse for six years. So that was more, I didn't realize necessarily I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just knew I didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> so I could get out of there. Yeah. So that's, that's what happened. I, I love that story. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, and the reason I asked was because there are so many different entrepreneurial journeys and it's just nice to know that no matter what somebody's going through, somebody else has probably thought about it the same way and yeah. you're doing fine you're on track. I can assure you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's okay. Like I know it. I mean, yeah, that it's okay. If you weren't like, I do feel like I, it was more like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Let me get out of this. And then I decided, okay, this is what I'm gonna do next. <laughs> which is great. That's good. That's all right. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. If you're like me and just got fired too many times, it's like, okay, clearly I am unemployable. <laughs> so right. I'll go and do something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. This. Yeah. You've been mm -hmm. awesome, Meredith. Thank you so much for your time. I know how valuable it is and I appreciate it. Any last words for our peeps? Um, well, you guys, I um, don't be afraid of marketing. I mean, I, that is one thing as like a small business owner. Um, you know, you're creating this fabulous product and you got to tell people like, that's you've got, you can't just build it and expect them to come. Like, so um, you need to go tell people about your fabulous business. And so pick a channel and try pick a way to do that, whether it's emailing them consistently or um, uh, Instagram or social media, or let's give ads a try, you know, and um, just marketing is a good thing. Don't be afraid of it. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being with us here today. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so that we can help you scale your business. We love having you here. Thank you again, Meredith. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. 
As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.